I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author and CEO of Author Revolution. With more than 15 books published, it's safe to say I have made a ton of mistakes in my endeavor to become a full-time author. The most important thing that I've learned in the past decade is that indie authors need to protect their creativity and their serenity. Being an author is a long game, and that's why I'm on a mission to teach other indies just like you how to publish books with a sustainable, rapid-release method. I created the Author Revolution podcast to give you insights and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do just that. If you're an ambitious author or one in the making who's looking to create a long-term author career and a life you love, you've found your tribe, my friend. Let's get your author revolution underway. Well, hey there, writerly friend. Welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast. So I can't say that this week is high on my best weeks ever list. In fact, there was an entirely different podcast episode planned for this week, but it just wasn't in the cards. Instead, I did a check-in with myself and I found there's a different message that I really need to share with you instead. Now, marketing professionals would have a whole big list of the types of episodes that I should be putting together leading up to something big like this challenge or a launch. But sometimes life has a funny way of throwing a wrench in the best laid plans. At least, (laughs) that's been my experience the past week. So here's what happened. I had an experience that should have been a scene from one of my Windhaven books, but instead it was my reality. On Thursday morning, I came downstairs to find the TV in the kitchen on and playing music from Amazon Music. Now, this might not seem like a big deal, but this particular TV is very rarely, if ever, on, let alone first thing in the morning before someone's even up, because yes, I was the first one awake for the day. But the moment I saw it, I just had a knowing that this was a message of some sort, and I didn't know from who or why, but I had the sense to take a photo of the TV, and I even wrote this. Someone you love, Louis Capaldi. This song was playing on the fire TV in the kitchen when I came downstairs this morning. Was it a message? Who knows, but it feels like it, and it will be in a book. An hour later, I found out that my dear friend Julie lost her battle with cancer. Now, if you followed me at all last year, you know that in honor of my brother, Scott, who lost his battle to brain cancer in 2016, and my friend Julie, who was diagnosed at the end of 2019 with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, I donated 50% of the royalties from Secret Legacy to the American Cancer Society. Well, this was that Julie. Words really can't express how devastated I am. Partially because I had hopes that she was really going to kick this thing. And partially because she is and has always been one of the most healthy people I have ever met. She ate well. She exercised. I mean, she was a holistic health practitioner the whole nine yards. And I guess partially I figured she was going to kick it because I didn't make more of an effort to visit her more often. I made, I guess, an excuse that I didn't want to disrupt her routine. She was traveling a lot for chemotherapy and then she was home. And when she was home, she was wiped out. But in looking back, I think I knew this was bad. And dealing with death for obvious reasons is really hard for me. I have this tendency to protect myself and my heart by withdrawing. 
As frequently as it's visited in my life, you'd think I'd be better equipped to handle all of this stuff, but I'm really never prepared for it, and I don't think many of us are. Now, last year, when we lost my father-in-law, and because he lived in the UK, we couldn't even visit him if we wanted to. Then when he passed, we couldn't even be at the funeral because of COVID. It was awful, but the separation was out of our control. Where this, on the other hand, I feel like I should have been better. I feel like I should have done more or tried harder to be there. There's a lot of guilt with this one. So when I looked at the lyrics to Someone You Loved, that definitely didn't help either. It's like she was saying that she felt left out at the end. And when I said this to my mom, she, of course, tried to make me feel a little better in saying that the dying always call those to them who they feel need their presence in their final days. So she thinks it was just a message to say that she was here and she was saying her goodbye. That mostly feels right, because there wasn't any malicious intent when I felt this was a message. But obviously, in the irrational moments of grief, it's hard to know for sure. Now I know Julie, and she would have wanted life to go on. She'd want us all to be happy for her that she is off gallivanting with the angels. She loved angels, astrology and energy work. Now this is the woman I learned Reiki from. And she did angel readings for people, myself included. She was the woman I would go to every single year to do a solar return astrology reading on my birthday. She's not the type of person to hold grudges, at least not to those she loves. But I still wish I had a little more time with her, you know? When I lost my brother, I was writing, but not in the way I am now. It was 2016, and I was focusing more on freelancing than I was my books. And if you remember, I published Pendamus in 2013, but I didn't follow it up with book two and three until October and November of 2017. So learning how to write through grief wasn't as hard because it was work that I was working through. It wasn't creative. It was less emotionally charged stuff. But last year when we lost my father-in-law, I processed that with my writing. I leaned on it as a way to get through it all. I think that's why Haunted Legacy, which is the third book in the Windhaven series, lives up to its namesake. I was writing that book when he passed. Now this week, since I've been thinking an awful lot about death, dying, and grief, I figured I'd touch on the subject in case any of you out there are dealing with something similar, or in case you ever do in the future, because let's face it, you probably will. Life does have a way of sneaking up on us, unfortunately and so does death. So here are some of the tips that I found to be the most helpful in terms of writing through grief, in terms of processing and continuing that creative process. Keep in mind, a lot of what I discussed in episode 82, the stress and trauma episode, also applies here. Grief can hijack your brain and put you into a creative deficit. It consumes the mind and your emotions, and writing can sometimes be the last thing you want to do. When that happens, the single most important thing to do is honor your feelings. Now, all too often, we're taught to suck it up, (laughs) to move on, act like it doesn't matter. But when that happens, it actually shuts down a piece of us, and that piece gets embedded into our subconscious mind. There's a really good book about this subject called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by Carol K. Truman. Interestingly enough, it was my friend Julie who turned me on to this book many years ago. She was always good at that. She loved giving new insights and making sure that I was growing and expanding in all sorts of ways, including my spiritual ways. But basically, though, this book gives some really great tips about dealing with your emotions, both past and present, so that they don't cause problems for you in the future. 
and it's one I really recommend. Next, it's important to take the time that you need to heal in whatever way feels right to you and for however long. People deal with grief in different ways. I myself have a tendency to work through it as quickly as possible, and maybe that's not the best way always, but it feels right to me. Where my dad, for instance, when we lost my brother, it took him four years of processing to even get to the point where I was in the beginning. And maybe that's because I saw the writing on the wall with Scott. I mean, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was two years old, so I grew up knowing his death would be imminent. I knew he would die before I did. And so I knew I had to, in some way, shape, or form, be prepared for that. So as you may have noticed, my way of dealing with death and grieving is to talk about it, to lay it out in the open for all to see, at least in some ways. While you might not see the depth of the emotions that I'm really feeling, you can see that I'm processing it. However, also notice that I'm not following through with the podcast episode that I planned for this week. It just didn't feel right to me. It wasn't where I was, and I needed to honor and respect that. I also haven't been super great at writing fiction since I found out. The creative part of my brain really isn't back online yet, at least not for my books. And I'm focusing on the work that's easy, the stuff that's, dare I say, logical. However, when you're ready, the final tip that I have for you is to lean on your gift of writing. You don't have to do anything as public as a podcast or put it into a book, but as authors, we process our pain through our words. So bust out your notebook, maybe open a diary app, whatever you want to use, and just write about your feelings, write about the memories coming up for you, write about all the things you don't want to forget, write about all the ways that person touched you in your life and the way that they changed you for the better, or maybe even the worse, because let's face it, that can happen too. And when you're ready, don't be surprised to see your grief, your love, your heart coming into your creative writing at some point. You'll create characters who remind you of that person. Trust me. (laughs) Or maybe you'll even create a story that's built specifically for them. As hard as it is to lose someone we care about, really the hardest part is learning to live in this world without them. Finding that new normal is hard, especially when you know that they're not there. And they should be, especially when they should be. But I truly believe that we as authors have a superpower in terms of healing. One that many people who don't have this gift just can't even comprehend. We're in this because we want to understand, to learn, to grow. We want to understand motivations, both internal and external. We want to be better human beings. So facing our fears comes more naturally to us than they do for most. So I want you to celebrate that when everything else feels hard. Well, guys, that's all I have in me for this week. Now remember, next week we do start the three-day Plan Your Series Challenge. It starts Monday, August 2nd, and goes through the 4th, and I promise to bring my A-game. Thankfully, this is using the Virgo part of my brain, you know, the one that loves logic and systems. So hopefully things will be good to go. (laughs) It also helps that most of the prep work is already done. Yay for being a Virgo planner. (laughs) So if you want to take a deep dive into series creation and how to really get words on the page and move forward through this process, this challenge is going to be a good one for you. And I know it's going to help me take my mind off of things. So 
Here's what I want you to do. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash plan your series. There's no spaces, no dashes, no nothing. It's just authorrevolution.org forward slash plan your series. As always, you can download the transcript by going to authorrevolution.org forward slash 91. I'll include a link to the challenge there too, so don't feel like you have to try to figure everything out. And I'll also include the link to Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die, in case you want to check that book out. It really is awesome for anyone looking to process their emotions better, whether grieving or otherwise. And it does give you some really great insights as an author, even if you're not dealing with anything unusual because of the stuff that you actually learn in that book. Well, my friend, that's a wrap for today. I hope you have a great week and get all of your writing done. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff next week for the challenge, so be prepared. In the meantime, (laughs) go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast's Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.